Welcome to the Vine Line from the Lake County Wine Grape Commission. I am Bill Grudy. In this episode, we will present a recording of a recent webinar on certified organic farming versus sustainable farming. So hopefully this will clear up any questions you have. Now, here is Megan Hoberg of the Wine Grape Commission to introduce our panel. First off, we have Emily Ferrant, co-founder of Two Leaves. Emily is a Sonoma County native with experience as a sustainability, environmental, health, and safety compliance professional. She has worked across four continents, helping companies reach their goals through training and implementation of systems. We also have Ariel Russell. Ariel is also a Sonoma County native with decades of experience in local ag. She has worked as a CSWA Vineyard and Winery Auditor and as a NOP Organic Crop and Processing Auditor for CCOF and other certifiers throughout the U.S. And last but not least, we have Tony Britton. Tony is a Sonoma County native as well and has been in the wine industry for 39 years. He is currently employed at Miramar Estate as the Vineyard Manager and the Cellar Master. He has completed the certification process for both organic and sustainable vineyards at the estate. And with that, I will turn it over to Emily to begin the presentation. Hello, everyone. Um, I'm gonna share my screen and walk through a presentation with you guys. Um, so we were trying to figure out the best way to give you guys an overview of sustainable versus um, organic. So, um, what I've created is just kind of a top-down level of what is sustainable farming versus what is organic farming. And then from there, we're gonna to go to the panelists and we're gonna ask certain questions and kind of understand their experience of what it was like going through the actual certification process for both of these different types of programs um, and what it's like to audit those different programs. So I'm gonna hide these guys here. So what is sustainable versus organic? not going to let me go. Let's see. All right. So um, organic farming, the history of it, it was developed in a response to environmental harm um, caused by the use of chemical pesticides and synthetic fertilizers in conventional agriculture in the 1940s. So it was evolved by farmers who believed the use of animal manures, cover crop, crop rotation, and biological-based pest controls result in a better farming system. Um, it was defined by the National Organic Standards of the U.S. Department of Agriculture um, back in 2000. So it's been officially defined back in 2000. So what are the key aspects of organic farming? Um, one of the key aspects is agricultural system that uses ecologically based pest controls and biological fertilizers derived largely from animal and plant wastes and nitrogen fixing cover crops. Um, one of the keys is to improve the soil health, to enhance biodiversity, um, minimize off-farm inputs, and it doesn't allow synthetic pesticides, synthetic fertilizers, ionizing radiation, sewage sludge, and genetically engineered plants or products. So those are the five key aspects of organic farming. Sustainable farming. Um, it was it was created around at the same time of the Green Revolution. Uh, was exporting modern high technology ag agriculture around the world. It was a counter movement was beginning. Um, 
a counter movement was beginning, the sustainable agricultural movement. So in 1985, the Food Security Act authorized sustainable agriculture research. And in 1989, um, over 4 million was allocated for the low impact sustainable agriculture, which later became sustainable agriculture research and education program. So the sustainability movement believed monoculture farms with annual plants, with annual plants that require a lot of external input to growth should be replaced by polyculture of perennial plants where one species would complement each other. Um, the term agroecology was created in 1987. So agroecology is the study of interactions between plants, animals, and humans and the environment within the agricultural system. So sustainable farming, key aspects of sustainable farming. Um, farming practice for growing food without depleting natural resources by meeting the needs of the present without compromising the ability of future generations to meet their own needs. Um, enhancing natural resources upon which the society lives. Conservation of soil, water, and nutrient resources. Um, and enhancing social well-being of the organization and local community. So what are the key differences? So when you're looking at organic farming, it, organic farming is a concept defined legally as the market for organic food. You'll see through the grocery store, you'll find organic wine. Um, sustainable is a little bit more unofficial because it's not defined on that federal level um, through that program, but it's measurable through your um, economic profit, your social benefits for the community and environmental conservation. Um, organic crops are mostly defined by what they are not. They're not grown using commercial pesticides, artificial fertilizers, or sewage sludge. They're not processed using food additives or ionizing radiation, antibiotics, or genetically modified organisms. And organic mainly focuses on the production aspect of farming. Um, where sustainability emphasizes new techniques and varieties of traditional crops that the poorest farmers can produce with limited training um, and focuses on a holistic eco-minded farming structure. Um, so one little, I'm not a professional in organic or sustainability. Um, that's one reason why we're bringing in different panelists to come in. But one, one aspect of it is I studied agroecology in college. So I have a sustainability background. Um, and one of the reasons why I studied it was because I wanted to work in developing countries. I wanted to work where in countries that didn't have quite all the resources we had and support their farming practices. So when you're looking at sustainable, you're looking at how can you be creative? How can you use less resources so that you can be sustainable over time? Where organic really is, has their list of things that you cannot do in order to grow your crop. So um, organic certification is defined formally by governments worldwide. Um, organic farming has been defined by the National Organic Standards of the U.S. Department of Agriculture since 2000. Companies become certifying agents for organic certification. So Ariel will go into a little bit more detail on how to, how to find an auditor and um, how to bring someone in to certify you organic-wise. Um, and then you have made with organic grapes is allowed for organic farmed grapes. Sustainability certification. Um, there's sustainability programs worldwide for just wine alone. 
Um, New Zealand, Chile, Argentina uses sustainably farmed um, on wine bottles. California-based programs include fish-friendly farming, sustainability in practice, California Sustainable Wine Growing Alliance, and Lodi Rolls. Um, so Ariel and I both audit for the California Sustainable Wine Growing Alliance, and that is also the program that Tony went through at Mari Mara State. Um, so Certified Sustainable for CSWA is available. Claims on Sustainably Farmed is allowed and doesn't require a certification. So um, it's just a little bit of um, background on kind of an overview of what is sustainable versus what is um, organic. Hopefully it's enough detail for everyone. Um, but moving on, so we have Ariel and Tony here. So um, we wanted to just ask a few questions um, on the side as well, participants, we have our chat box open. So if you guys have questions as we're going along that you would like to ask, we um, will answer them as they come up. So the first question I have is for Ariel. Um, and I kind of want to get an overview of like, what's the difference between finding a uh, organic auditor versus um, a sustainable auditor and kind of how would people go about that? All right, well, um, for the certified sustainable program, the participant is responsible for reaching out to an individual and independent auditor um, and choosing their auditor and then contracting with them. Um, and of course the terms of the contract could be year to year or some people choose to try to do a three-year cycle um, or even beyond that. The organic program is different because uh, someone seeking organic certification uh, first chooses a certifier um, through whom they, they choose to become certified. So CCOF is one certifier. Um, they are the California Certified Organic Farmers. So they are based out of Santa Cruz, heavy influence in California, but they also do inspections throughout the United States um, and also in Mexico and Canada, I believe, and maybe even some other countries. Um, then there's other certifiers beyond that. There's QAI, which is Quality Assurance Inter International. There is organic certifiers. There is um, a company called SCS Global um, and the list goes on and on. So as, a, as somebody seeking certification, you first choose your certifier and you apply for certification, which involves filling out an application. And then eventually once they're satisfied that you've submitted everything you need to submit, they will then uh, select an auditor for you. <laughs> So whereas the Certified Sustainable Program, you choose your inspector for organic, you do not choose your inspector. Um, and you could potentially have the same inspector for multiple years, uh, a max of three in a row, but you could end up having one inspector one year and a totally different person the next year. Um, I think that answers it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's perfect. So that that's obviously a key difference between the organic, the structure of the organic certification and the sustainability certification. What what would you say is, are the key differences in the actual audit process of like what you're looking at, um, even looking at like the time length, how long it takes you to do, do the sustainable, like the CSWA audit versus an organic certification audit. And when we're referring to the sustainability audit, we're, we're referencing CSWA because that's the program that we're all familiar with on the sustainability level. So when we're talking about that, that's, that's what we're referring to. 
Yeah, so for um, the Certified Sustainable Program, which is what I'm most familiar with, and I do think it's pretty reflective of the other sustainability certification programs. I know, um, I believe some of the others like SIP certification, they were, they're a little more data heavy. So participants are actually required to um, submit a lot more information as part of their annual certification. But for certified sustainable um, folks, you know, there's a lot of legwork for the participant to get ready for your, for your audit. You have to submit or you have to update your self-assessments, you know, gather the documentation that demonstrates that you've completed your action plans and have uh, done your continuous improvement and then kind of the final culmination is you get together with your auditor and the auditor is really just checking to make sure that you've done everything correctly and that you are, you know, scoring yourself, you know, accurately and that you've done what you've said you were going to do. For the organic program, the auditor is more of, I don't want to say a regulatory figure, but they're really more of a regulatory figure. Their goal is to come and verify that you followed the organic standards, that you were following your organic system plan, which is essentially your, your farming plan. Um, we are there to make sure we have to go through every single input record um, to make sure that you're only using input materials that have been pre-approved. We are gonna look at your harvest records. We are going to look at uh, you know, if you were to, if you were an operation that had some organic vineyard and some conventional vineyard, we're going to make sure that you're cleaning your sprayer between spraying your organic blocks and your conventional blocks. So there's a lot more documentation that we are required to look at at an organic inspection. Um, that said, it doesn't mean that an organic inspection takes a long time. I think the average time for an organic inspection is one to three hours. Um, oh, <laughs> beginning to end. So it's actually quite fast uh, and really rather formulaic. Um, we have kind of a set list of things we go through. Most folks get used to the routine of it. They can gather their documents as they go through the year. And then you just kind of sit down and go through records, walk around the vineyard or drive around to the vineyards if there's multiple um, parcels. And, and then the audit is done, the inspector submits a report to the certifier, similar to Certified Sustainable. And then, and, and then after that point, from when the inspector submits the report, all of your communication from then on is with your certifier. Um, if you have follow-up actions or corrective actions, you do that with the certifier. The auditor no longer has a role. And in fact, the inspector for organics is not allowed to have a role in that kind of follow-up and corrective action process. Interesting. And on the sustainable um, certification side, there's a lot of communication between the auditor and the participant throughout the year, kind of checking in and making sure that they feel like they're making their continual improvement plans. So it sounds like the sustainability side is a lot more, um, you, you deal with the auditor all the time, which I feel like... <laughs> Yeah, and I would say it's funny. I think for both programs, the auditor is not allowed to to, to act as a consultant. Yeah. Um, and so, that said, I feel like with the certified sustainable program, the auditor is allowed to provide more technical assistance than they may be allowed to provide in the organic program. Like as an organic inspector, I can't say, you know, somebody can't ask me and say, "What's the best sulfur?" To spray on my grapes and I, I wouldn't be allowed to tell them well I see this all the time and I've heard it's great you know that would be stepping over that line um, that might be stepping over the line for certified sustainable as well but 
for certified sustainable, you know, I, I do feel like I get a lot of questions throughout the year and I can point the participants in the direction of get, getting resources. You know, I could say, oh, this is a really great resource. Why don't you check out this website? Why don't you give NRCS a call? They may be able to hook you up with some great cover crop resources or, or whatnot. Definitely. Yeah. I, I feel that too, just doing the audits. I feel like I can be a little bit more resourceful. I saw them doing this over here. Like there, I know that this group has a program going. That's great. Um, Tony, I'm going to jump over to you and I just, I'd like to get your opinion on what was like your overall audit experience between the two different types of certification. Um, and what were the key farming practice differences that you saw between the two different certifications? Well, I, I would echo what Ariel said um, regarding the, the differences of the two audits, um, that there is a lot more contact with the auditor in sustainability throughout the year, um, more follow-up, more, more pre-visit preparation, things like that. Um, I would, with uh, CCOF, I would get an email from the auditor in a given year and and that is true that the auditors can change from year to year so that's a little bit I, I wouldn't say uncomfortable but it's just a little bit different and you you get notification and then at that point you really have to start preparing all your documentation so when the audit does occur that you can hit the ground running and have everything there for the auditor to check off on before, as Ariel said, go out and, and visit the vineyards. Um, it the the um, CSWA uh, certification. The, the auditors are more available if you do. Seems like if you have questions or or you know anything that you might need help with. So those things I have. Um, had experience with, and that that does to me, um, as I said earlier, Ariel, her explanation is also my experience. And then regarding farming differences, uh, our situation was a little bit unique. Um, we started experimenting with organics for a few years before we applied for certification. And then the, there's a three-year waiting period where you have to provide documentation for three years before you are actually certified. So we had we experimented and we had a consultant who, who had quite a bit of experience. And so we were able to make efforts early on. And then when we applied, um, there wasn't any issues with us getting certified and then also, as Ariel said, you know, when, once you've done it, the first year is, is a little bit nerve wracking, absolutely. But then the following years, you know, you just kind of fall into a, a routine and you know what's expected of you. So our, our farming practices have not changed much really at all uh, since we've certified sustainable. Um, I would say the biggest difference is the materials that you're allowed to use uh, and, and continue to be certified sustainable. The conventional materials, you don't have to apply quite as often. So there's definitely less tractor passes regarding applying your fungicides or, or we, we're not using herbicides currently, but um, applying fungicides, you know, there's, it, 
organic, you're at about a seven to ten day interval. And then with conventional materials, you know, quite often you're 14 to 21 days. So less tractor passes absolutely is a big difference. Um, you know, we've we've really never had to deal with insect pests here. We're in the west part of the Sonoma County, so it's quite cool. So that's never really been part of our program anyhow, but uh, obviously being cool and wet, uh, powdery mildew is an issue. And then weed growth out here is quite dramatic also. So not using herbicides, we are making more passes with tractor mounted equipment um, and then also more handwork for the crew. And those, those differences, different that that wouldn't be a difference between the two certifications, obviously, just the choice for us not using herbicides. Um, yeah. yeah, perfect. Thank you, Tony. Um, oh, yeah, go ahead, Ariel. Yeah. <laughs> wanted to, that was great, Tony. I just wanted to interject one little thing um, kind of on top of what you said. So there, it is true that to become certified organic, your land has to be free of what they call prohibited materials for three years. But that said, if you are an operation that is already farming using organic input materials um, and you apply for certification and you can submit pesticide use reports that show you haven't used any, um, any prohibited materials for three years, you can become certified immediately. Oh. There's not a three-year waiting period where once you have to, once you apply, you have to wait three years. It's, you can be, it's all depending on the specific situation and what you've been using. Um, so for like, uh, you know, if you were going to be a vegetable farmer that bought a piece of virgin land that had never been farmed, it just was an open field sitting there and nothing had ever been done, done to it, you could get that land certified immediately. Interesting. <clears throat> Tony, I had, I had a follow-up question for you on there as well. Um, I, so Mari Mar was first organic certified and then that's when I kind of we started chatting and then you became sustainable um, CSWA certified um, on, I don't know if you can answer this, but like on the marketing side, was there a big marketing change for you guys going from organic to sustainable? Was it easier for you to talk about what sustainability meant over what organic meant? Did you find a preference with people buying your grapes or your wine? Um, actually, I don't think you always sell grapes, but um, what kind of, what was that dynamic like? If you can touch on it, if not, we can pass on. Sure, no, that's actually a great question. So um, I would say one of the deciding factors for us uh, was the, the, the label regulations with the CCOF um, because we, we are attached to a winery. So we're, we're growing grapes and we do sell some grapes also. And then making wine from our own properties. Uh, initially, we, you know, we had um, made with organic grapes on the back label, and you know, to be honest, consumers just weren't seeing that. Um, we're kind of a destination winery, so if if somebody came to the tasting room, the staff, you know, was trained to obviously emphasize the fact that we were certified organic, um, but out in the marketplace without any, you know, support from the staff, it, it, the consumer had to already have known that we we're organic really, because most people shopping in a wine shop or a supermarket aren't spending to the back label and paying a lot of attention. So we weren't seeing a great benefit 
from the, the organic certification labeling wise. Now I will say that people coming to visit the tasting room, if they knew ahead of time, and, and quite often they did. So there are consumers that do their research and they look for wineries that are either making organic wine or in our case, it was wines made from organic grapes. They, they, they were seeking us out, specific consumers. And then other ones that just happened to come by, if the staff told them we were certified organic, you know, there was a level of excitement there because I, I truly believe that consumers, you know, given the choice, they'd prefer a wine made from organic grapes if the value is there, obviously. Um, so the one difference would be the, um, the CSWA gives a lot of marketing support. And I mean, quite a bit signage, um, you, you submit your labels to let them know which your labels is going to be certified sustainable. And then they promote you as one of the wineries that, that is certified. So there's a lot of marketing support with sustainability that we really didn't see through CCOF. And it could be because CCOF is such a large entity, you know, and they obviously are dealing with organic fruits and vegetables, not yeah. just wine grapes. Yeah. So um, the CSWA, we have felt, you know, is partnering with us. So, so we have seen, we, we feel that they're doing their part, you know, um, has it trickled down to the consumer? You know, I, I know there's been surveys done and, and, the, and the, the indication is that I, I don't work in retail. So, you know, I get a little bit of feedback from the tasting staff. Um, obviously during COVID, not as much. <laughs> yeah. But um, I, I would say that one of the bigger differences is just support from the CSWA. Interesting. Um, we, we did have a question pop up that was asking, um, how much time does it take for you to um, prepare for, or how much time did it take you to prepare for the organic audit on the vineyard side? Well, <laughs> because I have been around as long as I have and uh, uh, my technology skills are lacking, as Emily could probably attest to. Um, it took me quite a while. It, you know, uh, I've been using Excel spreadsheets to document. And then um, also, uh, you know, the CSWA has, has a, a system where you, you self-evaluate and then you can upload and documents, things like that. The CCUF, at, at least when I was involved, that it was mostly just me gathering up a year's worth of, as Ariel pointed out, financials and inputs and chain of custody. So it would, it would because of my lack of skill, you know, I, I probably would spend a, a good couple days, but then towards the end, um, it, you know, I had everything organized where I could easily access it. So it, it got to you know, like a part of a day, having things ready for the audit, and then post audit, you know, sometimes there would be follow up where they'd say, I'd get an email from CCOF saying, Tony, we still need to see this type of thing, and then at that point, it's just emailing and, and sharing. So it, it it's not terribly involved once you get the hang of it, and I, I would say the same thing for the CSWA certification. You know, once you've done it a few times, it, it, you just kind of fall right back into that routine. Yeah. Do you want to add anything to that, Ariel? Yeah, I think that um, 
what I see uh, people do who are certified organic that I feel like really sets them up for success is they don't think of it as getting ready for the inspection right before they have their inspection. It's more of throughout the year, they know the documents that they need to be filing in a place where they're going to find them. Mm -hmm. So that when it comes time for inspection, you know, they pull out their binder and we open it up and they've got their cover crop seed receipt so that we can see that it was organic or, you know, non-GMO seed and they've got their pesticide use reports filed and their, um, you know, their compost receipt and their way tags. And so they just kind of, as they go make those purchases or, or do those activities throughout the year, they just file it in the binder and then really once we do the inspection doesn't necessarily have to be a lot of preparations. It could just be like, well, this is what we did this year. Um, and also the other thing with organic inspections is your inspection can happen uh, similar to the certified sustainable program, but it could happen at any point during the year. You mm -hmm. could have your inspection right now when, you know, you've, we'd be looking at everything from last year. You could have your inspection in the middle of the summer. So um, we're, we're not necessarily looking at like the past season, we're kind of looking more at like this time period from your last inspection to the current inspection. So, I mean, I've had, I've had audits where because of the timing, um, you know, it hasn't even been a harvest since the last time I was out there. So we didn't even have harvest records to look at. So it's just kind of like getting into that routine of filing things away and organizing things, knowing what you need to save so that whenever that inspection does happen, you've got everything prepared. Interesting. Um, I don't think we have any other questions popping up. I, I'm going to follow up, Ariel. I have a, another question for you. Um, and then I'm going to jump over to Tony and ask the same question. I'm wondering, like on the auditor standpoint, um, just thinking about like a continual improvement or like how the, the farm is actually changing and developing throughout the year and becoming more efficient or using less harmful chemicals or um, do you see a greater continual improvement between organic or sustainable or is that just way too hard to try to even judge by? Um, well the organic program does not require continual improvement. The organic program has this like hard and fast baseline um, you know a minimum standard you're simply not allowed to use certain things um, no exceptions um, and, you know, if you don't meet the standard, it's a non-compliance and there's, you know, follow-up that needs to happen and, you know, you need to figure that out. Um, whereas the certified sustainable program requires that you be improving every year. So I don't think I see as much continual improvement for organic. I definitely think as an inspector, I like to commend people when they do, uh, find ways to do things more efficiently or, um, you know, if they're like able to not use insecticides in a year because they had great biodiversity or they used, um, they released beneficials or something like that, then it's a yeah. great talking point. Like, great. That's awesome. You didn't have to spray Pyganic. That's excellent. Mm -hmm. Um, cause that's the thing about organics. It's, it's, uh, you can still use insecticides. You can still use fungicides. They just have to be naturally derived. So uh, I think the consumers sometimes think organic means no spray. And that's just not, that's just not true. Um, so yeah, another thing though that that organic program does focus on is they have this requirement that you use organic seed if it is available. So for vineyards, most often that would be cover crop seed. So one thing we do track with CCOF is we wanna see if possible, um, improvement in the usage of organic seed. 
So we don't want to see somebody who every year is using no organic seed because you are allowed to use non-organic seed if you can't get organic seed. Mm -hmm. So if you if you go to the seed Wilborellis or Grow West or wherever and you say, you know, I want organic soil builder, you know, I want organic cloud down. And they're like, well, we are sold out. We can't get it. You're allowed to use the non-organic version, but you need to keep a record that you tried to get organic. If you were using non-organic seed every year, every year, every year, every year, we'd be like, yeah, are you actually looking for organic seed? We're going to want to see an improvement, generally speaking, okay. upward trend. So that's probably the only real continuous improvement thing that we require. Um, whereas obviously that's a very large part of the certified sustainable program. And Tony, I'm going to jump over to you. Uh, I, I was asking just because organic, like the why organic was created and sustainability was really to take care of the environment and the your your property and the ecology behind it. So I was just curious on that level um, because I feel like if you're organic certified, you're you may be more in tune. Well, I, I would say, I, I'm sorry, Emily. Could you want me to repeat the question? Because yeah, it was so long ago. <laughs> um, no, I was just asking, like, if you felt that um, you saw a greater improvement through being, like, during your time of organic certification or sustainability certification. And as Ariel highlighted, sustainability requires that continual improvement. Um, but just, I mean, the first time you became certified was organic. So did you feel like you were pushing yourself a little bit more past the limits of trying to be more um, eco-friendly or anything like that? I, I felt that we had, I mean, it's uh, our, the winery owner's family is a large wine producer in Spain. And then her brother is a, a huge proponent of uh, farming to mitigate climate change. So that's always been an effort of ours. So even certified organic, you know, we we're always striving to improve. But I would say a, a big difference is, um, you, you know, with C CSWA, we, you know, we have metrics. So, you, you know, you, you one year you can directly compare with the following year to see if you've made improvements. The organic was, you know, more of a gut feeling and a, a um, kind of a, a, a winery, our, our group here at the winery, the management team, everybody was kind of aware that, you know, each year we strive to improve on multiple fronts. But uh, with the CSWA certification, I mean, it, it really is in black and white, you know, because we are the winery here and then two vineyards are certified, um, you know, our solid waste program here is, you know, with bottling, you're always going to generate some waste, but we've worked hard to try to reduce the amount on that end and things of that nature, our water usage, you know, to be honest, when we were certified organic, you know, that wasn't really a, a strong focus of ours. So water is kind of limited out in our area. So you had to pay attention, but now we're paying very close attention to water usage um, you know, fuel in the tractors, the, the winery and the vineyard vehicles. So on so many different levels, we're, we're more focused. So I would say that's been a major difference for us between the two uh, certification programs is just 
really. And then now it's, it's much easier to convey to the entire staff. You know, previously it was well, myself and, and um, the vineyard crew and then um, the owner. But now, you know, the entire staff, whether it's production or administration or hospitality, everybody's really aware of what we're attempting and what part they can play in it. So that, that's another, another difference for us. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I, I didn't think about the whole, it's more of a community feel within the company wide. Hey, we all have a part in this of mm-hmm. your continual improvement or being part of the whole sustainability movement. That's, that's a really good point. Um, so we had two questions pop up. Um, sorry. And I, Tony has a adorable little dog in the background, Bridget, who clearly wants to go outside and play in the rain. <laughs> sorry, Bridget. Um, so we had one question that was asking um, if audits for sustainability are done um, annually after the like after that three year cycle, do you just do audits every year for the rest of your life if you want to be sustainable? Um, so Ariel, I'll let you answer that one if you want. And if you also we had another question come in, I'll let you kind of answer this since um, you're doing a great job at explaining the whole audit process um, is if you have a continual improvement, for example, you um, are going to add a pond on your property um, that's going to help irrigate or um, some like financial cost and it's not associated with an assessment question is that does that still count as a continual improvement can you use that or do you have to actually improve an assessment score for it to count as continual improvement and when we're referring to assessment scores for people who are not familiar with the CSWA um, you have an assessment score with different chapters that focus on different topics throughout the vineyard um, and the company and you rate yourself from a one to four one kind of being a lower sustainable rating and four being a higher one so throughout the year you want to continually improve your system um, and doing that, most likely you continue, you improve a score. So if you wouldn't mind highlighting on that, Ariel. Sure thing. Um, so for the first question, um, yes, you have to do certified sustainable audits for the rest of your life, <laughs> or as long as you choose to stay certified. Um, it is kind of a three-year cycle pattern where um, if you are just a single vineyard, you would have an on-site, these are in non-COVID times, I'll say, you would have an on-site audit your first year. And then in the second and third years, you would do a desk audit. So it would be a virtual audit with your auditor. So shouldn't take as much time and definitely not the on-site component. But then starting over again in the fourth year, you would have an on-site audit. And then in the fifth and the sixth years, you would do a desk audit. And it just kind of goes through that three-year cycle. If you are an operation that has more vineyards, uh, then we use what we call the sampling approach to determine how many um, you know, vineyards need to be audited in a given year. So I think it's up to three vineyards. You can do this one year, first year on-site, second and third year virtual. Then when you start getting up into more vineyards or say you have so many vineyards and a winery, um, or you could be a very large operation and have a lot of wineries, then you probably are going to be visiting something every single year, but still that first year or fourth year, every third year, that's going to be a bigger audit where you're going to be visiting more sites. Um, And then the second question about continuous improvement. Uh, Continual improvement does not have to necessarily directly correspond with one of the self-assessment criteria questions. Um, You know, it's possible to be just 
excellent and be fours across the board. <laughs> and still you'd be required to show some sort of improvement every single year. So, um, you know, typically uh, with a certified sustainable program, we require that you have an action plan, at least one action plan every year. And that's kind of like a way to figure out something you want to focus your attention on and try to improve. So most often those action plans are going to correspond to one of the criteria questions. It could be like, we're going to do soil testing and thereby improve our score for this criteria. But sometimes, you know, you just don't have anything that you can work on. And so you'll come up with something that is um, not necessarily right in line with one of those questions. Awesome. Um, and then we had one other question. I know we're getting up to our 45 minutes of boring people. Um, if they want to try to jump off this. No, it's been great. You guys have been, um, I'm, I've learned a lot. So thank you for, for your input. But we had one more question, which um, I think Ariel, you should answer because it's specific for organic. Um, it was, um, if you use material that's disallowed, how long until you have to wait to become certified organic again? Uh, the answer to that one is three years. Um, it's, it kicks you out and basically then you have to start over. Um, that said, I, I had one vineyard that I inspected for organics and this was before I audited that audited them. They, um, bought crimson clover seed that they wanted to seed every 12th row in the vineyard as an insectary. Well, unfortunately, and unbeknownst to them, they bought, uh, clover seed that was treated with a prohibited um, material. So that counted as the use of a prohibited material. And what the certifier made them do was remove just every 12th row <laughs> from certification for three years. Uh, uh, this particular operation was using their grapes to make wine for their winery that did that was not organic wine. So really it didn't affect their ability to sell their grapes. Uh, it didn't financially hurt them. Um, but it's really targeted. It's like whatever you use that prohibited material on would have to start that that three year clock over. Interesting. Okay. Um, we did get one more question that popped through that I missed. Um, I don't quite know. Um, so the question was if there's any reports, surveys, or documentation on the sales of organic wines versus sustainability wines. And I know that um, CSWA has some resources on their webpage. Do you, Ariel, are you familiar with any other marketing or like metrics um, for the sale of organic versus sustainable? I, I'm not sure of any specific reports that compare the two. I know that just as far as what I've heard from folks, I, I do feel like you know, if you're, if it's an organic winery that is making certified organic wine, and they're buying grapes, they are only, their pool of options is only certified organic grapes. So it's kind of like supply and demand. If you're a really popular brand and you're making a really popular, widely distributed organic wine, then they're gonna need to find certified organic grapes to buy to make their make that wine. Um, similarly, if you're a certified organic winery or certified sustainable winery and you are using that logo on your label, you then also can only use certified sustainable grapes. I'm not sure that the logo usage has gotten to the point yet where it's a big driving factor for wineries in um, wanting to purchase certified sustainable grapes, but I know there's a lot of interest. So um, yeah. I feel like that might be kind of changing. 
So I, I, I will I will interject. So we, we I actually this year had, had some inquiries, people looking for organic fruit, which we no longer have, but then also some sustainably certified fruit. So there are some wineries that that is a focus of theirs. So hopefully that continues and then even increases in the future. And I do, I do know, I, I can't cite any papers right now, um, but I do know I've seen research on organic or sustainable. And um, one thing that was favoring sustainable for the consumer was that it had the social, the social impact, which organic doesn't include. And a, a lot more companies that you see in like the, um, in textiles and in anything that you're buying now, a lot of them talk more about sustainability on the social impact on how they're taking care of their workers, where they're buying the products from, that there's no, um, there's no forced labor. So I do know on the, the great side of things that um, sustainability does incorporate the social, which is kind of being, it is where the trend's kind of going, um, where people really want to make sure that you're taking care of your community. Um, so perfect. Do you guys have any, I know we're at just at 45 minutes. Do you guys have anything you want to add or um, anything that you thought that we missed talking about that was important through the process for you? I will say, I think the two programs are compatible. Um, I'm not that anybody wants to go, you know, have lots of certifications they have to deal with because who are we kidding? It's not anybody's favorite thing to do. <laughs> um, but I do, you know, I, when I, when I do, I have multiple clients that are both certified organic and certified sustainable, and it's always just so easy. It's kind of like, <laughs> you know, when you're certified organic, you're automatically kind of have a higher score on a number of criteria, but then the certified sustainable certification kind of forces the organic folks to be thinking more about the greater business sustainability, um, to be thinking about their human resources practices, um, you know, whether they have a mission statement that kind of clearly lines out what their focus is and how they want to incorporate sustainability into their structure. Uh, so I think that like the two together really make this beautiful and really, um, really functional kind of certification. Um, that's not to say that you couldn't do it with just one, but I do think that if you, it's not an either or thing necessarily. Um, it's really, they could be, they could be complimentary. Yeah. Thanks for that. Any, anything you want to add, Tony? I, I would just echo what Ariel said that it, when, when we switched from certified organic to certified sustainable, so many of the practices were already in place that it was a pretty easy transition for us. And then it did add that extra layer that we weren't paying close attention to necessarily. So it, it, those two do kind of dovetail in very nicely. And then I, I personally have been asked the question, well, why couldn't you be both for people who were disappointed that we were no longer organic certified? And I just emphasize the fact that our, you know, our farming practices are pretty close to exactly what they've always been. So, um, you know, two certifications does sound like a lot of work, but I think the key is just, you know, responsible farming and taking care of the planet and, you know, your, your employees and your neighbors, everything just kind of ties in nicely together. So I do agree. That's great. Awesome. We, um, we really appreciate having you both um, give us your experience and it, it, that's, they're key insights that people 
aren't normally exposed to. Um, so it's important to hear kind of the aspects of what it's like on the auditor side and also on um, the being audit, audited, the auditee side. So thank you both for being a part of it. We really appreciate it. Yes, thank you all for, for doing this today. A lot of really valuable information was presented and we appreciate it so much. And just as a reminder to our viewers, if you hopped on a little late, we are recording this and we will get it up on our website soon. Uh, we will send you an email once it is available. So thank you again. Hope you all have a great day. Yeah, thanks for joining. Thank you.